White Brothers, the podcast all about Penn State football. Conversation and commentary from a fan perspective. I'm Tom Gaffman. And I'm Andy Gaffman. And we are the The Blue Blue and and White White Brothers. Brothers. Two brothers. Two takes. One team. So we always play that uh, intro right as we're getting going. It gets us in the mood. And Tom's always uh, got some some funny thing to say on it. Like, uh, I, I, I'm Ned Needlander. Yeah, every time it goes, I'm Tom Gathman. And, and then I oh, I dub over it. And I'm Ned Needlander, which is obviously yeah, the, Mar, uh, Martin Short. Is that is that Martin Short's character? <laughs> yeah, it's Martin Short's from character. From the Three Amigos. And, and then I say that we are the two bromigos. <laughs> yeah. Not funny oh, to man. you, well, but funny to us because we grew up loving funny. that movie. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, so we're back, guys, uh, after a win against Ohio. I mean, I got to say, I think most people expected a win, but um, uh, I'm feeling pretty good about the win, actually. I mean, um, when you look at, you know, I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit, uh, but, you know, with teams, everything else, teams like Texas A&M <laughs> losing to App State, you feel really good about beating yeah. your opponent, and, you know, convincingly. convincingly um, and, and by the way, uh, 46 to 10. And by the way, I was it. Uh, I was correct uh, in my prediction for the the opponent score, and my my score was the closest for our score. I win two weeks in a row. I'm two and zero. Oh. I am amazing at predicting Penn State score this year so far. Yes. Well, let's hope that trend continues. Assuming you pick a winner <laughs> yeah, for this exactly. coming week, <laughs> pick a winner, Bobby. But um, before we get into that, um, it's sort of become a tradition now, where um, for this season anyway, I'm asking you, where are you? Tom, where are you where are you recording from? What's what's your sit? Um, I am recording from Park City, Utah, currently. Park City, yeah, never been, but I hear it's a nice spot, man. It, it, it didn't wow me. It hasn't wowed me. Let's put it that way. It's it a resort. It's a resort wow. town that's not nearly as um, quaint or pretty as, say, the town of Breckenridge, which is where I was a couple weeks ago. Um, I guess the Park City Chamber of Commerce hasn't put you on their payroll. I'm just saying these mountains <laughs> around Park City just aren't stunning. You know, I'm sure that's good skiing and good snowboarding, but like you know, seeing it, seeing it from from you know the down in the town vantage point, it's just whatever. It's a it's a Tom's review of Park City quote. Meh. Now I biked into it, and I'm and I'll be biking out of it. So um, maybe I'll see a different angle of it as I leave than I saw as I came in. But but basically, I'm right on Interstate 80 right now. So that's and that's not too far from our beloved State College, Pennsylvania. So I could just hang a, you know, hang a Louie and head back to, you know, back to Penn State. Head to Louisburg. Yeah, Louisburg. Um, yeah. So um, anyway, making progress down the route. Apparently, I hope um, to be done in congrats, like two, two to th- two to three weeks tops. So by the end of the month. Wow. By the end of the month, I'll be done. Wow. Uh, with this route. Wow. And and I'll just say as as part of that, um, you know, last time we recorded uh, pretty late. Mm-hmm. Uh, today we're recording very, very early. early. Six forty-five a.m. Uh, for me. It's, <laughs> yeah, and like eight forty-five a.m. here sounds reasonable, but I am not a morning person. Um, I'm still like rubbing the sleep out of my eyes. I mean, I've been up for like two and a half hours, but that doesn't help. Yeah. I'm I've been like you know groggy pounding the coffee and uh you know so if i if i'm not my my normal like coherent eloquent self, find another podcast. If my 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to apologize in advance. <laughs> yeah, you are a listener and uh, you hate hearing my brother in the morning. Find another podcast. <laughs> Find my podcast. I know you all are. <laughs> why am I? I know you Why are. am I listening to this? <laughs> yeah. Um. I I listened to that podcast and I had that exact thought. Shut up. <laughs> by, by the way, I. But have anyway, you ever, have you listened to it? Yes, I have. And did you think that? No, it was. Why did you lie? It was good. Why did you lie? As a pastor, (laughs) it was. It was right there. As a pastor who you preaches telling the truth, why did you just lie to your brother? (laughs) I was trying to spare your feelings. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) No. uh, (laughs) um, Anyway, uh, if my normal wit and wisdom that you all have come to rely on as part of this podcast, if that's if that's absent today. If it seems like uh, I'm dealing with a bit of brain fog, then the reason is I'm dealing with a bit of brain fog because it's the blue and it's before the blue and white brothers bo- board of directors is prepared to replace you. <laughs> Speaking of replacing people, yeah. uh, we're going to get into some news and notes with some uh, some changes already happening on the coaching carousel. Uh, and we're going to get into some of the scores from the weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about that big Ohio victory and some of the kind of actually interesting things that happened in a game against um, you know a real. Uh, lower tier team. Um, And then we're going to talk about the really big game. The first, I would say the first marquee game for Penn state this season uh, against Auburn. Uh, That's coming up this Saturday. And so that's what we're going to talk about. You know, real quick, real quick, just real quick, quick, Andy. I I don't know if, if when we say that at the end of the season, if we're going to call Auburn as, as marquee of a game as that Purdue game. Like Purdue murdered I, I, their look, opponent look, fifty six to nothing. Look and uh, look, no. they might look, end up being really good. It might and Auburn might end up being not. It's true, and certainly how you feel about games at the end of the season compared to the beginning of the season has a lot to do with how those teams progressed through the season. So if Purdue ends up winning the the West and we beat them in the opening game, you feel really good about that. Meanwhile, if Auburn ends up having a losing season, you're like, well, who cares? They didn't show that great, uh, you know, a performance the rest of the season. But at the same time, the reason I'm calling it a marquee game is because it's against an SEC team. It's a blue blood. You're going into deep into SEC territory. I so, I, I mean, I understand. Yeah, we <laughs> do. You got me going. On. I understand. You're just trying to get my blood flowing. I appreciate yeah, you're welcome. It. Anyway. Anyway, that's what we've got. There will be a mailbag in there as well. So um, with that, let's let's just jump right in uh, with some news. News and notes. And notes. <laughs> I love it. News and notes. Man, man, well, to so be of a fly the, uh, on the wall the- as you're recording that, I just wanted to be the fly, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> as, um, as I mentioned already, the big news of the weekend, Penn state, a winner in their, uh, afternoon contest, 46 to 10 versus Ohio. And, um, that put them into the top 25, uh, now checking in at, uh, 22 and 23 in the, uh, AP and coaches poll respectively. Um, we'll talk about some of the other games, uh, over the course of the weekend that helped, Penn State move up into that top 25. I'm not sure it was Penn State's performance that was so that good or other teams that were that bad. We'll talk about those other games in a minute, but the 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 other big news for me from uh this week is that uh Nebraska said goodbye to Scott Frost. Now, I was texting you you during that game and I I talked to mom and dad after the game as well, and I said 
In fact, I was on the phone with mom and dad when the game ended, when Nebraska Georgia Southern game ended. Georgia Southern. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like there's Georgia State, right? The, you know, we played which both, is, I think. I know we played it. We've at least which played has been a respectable State. team of late, but Georgia Southern, I don't think is on anyone's list of being a promising program. Let's put it this way Georgia Southern, um, I think Nebraska was in position to win the game in the end, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think. I think they uh, missed a field goal at to, the end or something like to that. To at least tie it. Maybe that's what it was. They're yeah. in a position to tie yeah. the game in the end, and they missed a field goal. I didn't watch it, so forgive us. You know, the the point is Nebraska lost, like, what was it, 45 to 42? 45 to 42. And, um, again, I was on the phone with mom and dad when this happened, and and I texted the the, the Penn State boys uh, thread um, after th- that game ended, and I told you, I said – Scott Frost just got fired. It's, it's, I was like, they might, they might not fire him until, you know, after October 1st when his, um, yeah, because buyout, buyout drops drops from 15 by like, million to 7 million. But they, yeah, that's a, that's Trump, an $8 million savings. If you can just Trev wait Alberts three weeks, said, you know, it's worth oh $8 million dollars to us to fire him the following morning. It was the first that's, news that came out on my phone as far as uh, getting an, a notification sports wise the on Sunday, Sunday morning. So I was just like, holy crap. They, they, so, so the only thing I can imagine is that Nebraska just wants to be the first at the table for, 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 you know, trying to get the person they want to be their next head coach. And who the heck's available at this point in the season? I mean, their process is, is going to begin, you know, so they'll have time to get their ducks in a row to, to hire somebody else. And you got to imagine that maybe they already had some ducks in a row on that front because, you know, he's been there for, this is his fourth year or, or, or whatever. And, He's a 500, you know, coach at best. I don't even remember what his his record is. It's not good. Um, but you know, it, it, like who's available right now? Like who are you trying to be the first at the table to 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 like you know woo? And and how much money does it take to woo whoever that is that is available or not available right now? Um, I mean, the, the name that's been talked about, which I don't uh, don't say it. Oh, don't say it. Um, don't you say it? Um, rural. Uh, <laughs> not, rural Jersey. Yeah, what, what, what's the opposite of Meyer? <laughs> Oscar? <laughs> I don't know. The rural Oscar? No. You said yeah. it. I told you not to say okay, it. Okay, so oh, that people be- are talking about Urban Meyer, but I think it's purely conjecture at this point, just because you know he's available. Um, did this happen to him last time? He was working for Fox, mm. you know, college sports on you know on on the mm. panel there, and and then he well, got I hired away. It, 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 if the worst happens, I hope he has the same kind of success he had at Jacksonville Jaguars yeah. organization. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, but you know, Nebraska is is firmly in the camp of once proud programs that just can't get it together. I mean, I would throw Florida State in there. Um, uh, USC's Florida not State quite just as far a big down. Game, by the way, yeah, I mean, but but like you think about the number of years that that these you know, once mighty programs have been sort of floundering and Nebraska has got to be among the worst of the bunch. It's, and the problem with Nebraska, and and this is, I think, true of Florida state the last few years, it's not just that they're bad. It's that they're like, they're woebegone. Like they, they literally cannot get it. They're bad news bears. bad. You know, it's just like, they can't win in spite of themselves. Um, 
So and like they uh, lost to Northwestern to start the season this year. Northwestern, yeah. who they just lose to? I don't even remember. Duke. Duke. They lost to and Duke. Duke's not a good um, again program either. A, like a game they could have won, kind of thing. Like you this know? is Northwestern who won, won their division a couple years ago. You know, and, and Duke doesn't like win their division. Duke doesn't do anything in the ACC. They they maybe win one game they shouldn't a year, kind of thing at best. And 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 yeah. this is Northwestern beat Nebraska. And Northwestern lost to Duke, and Northwestern's not good. So, and they were not good last year either. So Nebraska is just as you put it. Whoa, whoa begotten. You say whoa begotten. Whoa begotten. Whoa begotten. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't use that word too much. <laughs> Look it up. I, I might. <laughs> Um, tough, tough break for um, Cornhusker fans. That's like, like yeah. Penn, All right. well, hold on. The state on. of Pennsylvania has more than just Penn State to look forward to. The state of Nebraska doesn't have anything besides Nebraska football. Kind of yeah. down. You know, that's, that's yeah. tough. It's, um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, the, the tough season and the, uh, the, the tough stretch of seasons for Nebraska continues. And, um, you know, who knows? Can a, can a single coach turn it around? Maybe, but, um, Honestly, I mean, in some ways, it makes you really, really extra grateful for uh, Bill O'Brien and James Franklin. I mean, you know, Penn State had everything lined up to 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 really go into a, a dark, dark stretch of several yeah, years, Nebraska, if not decades, of being irrelevant. And Nebraska, and not just the coaches. We'll say the the guys on that uh, that team that that right after right, the sanctions right, right, were handed right, right, down. Of course. You know, I mean, just, uh, you know, it, it could have gone another Nebraska way. Nebraska hasn't we are. been good since they fired their nine-win, ten-win average coach, Bo Pelini, which was like a decade ago. They just... Yeah, they wanted more. They haven't even had one coach. good season. Like, Penn State's had a, a handful of good seasons and really great players over the last d- decade, you know? So, and it's been a decade since, you know, we've had the um, the fallout hit. So, you know, Nebraska had really no reason to have a fallout, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. They've just, just been mismanaging, like, mismanaging. So, let's, let's move what past happened? Nebraska. Um, I know. I think we need to. Okay. So, um, there were a bunch of upsets this weekend. Um and uh, at least one major near upset. Um, I, let's do what we did last week. If you're all right with that, bro, I'll just try. do a Tom's 10 second. I'll do takes. my best. Tom's 10 second. And, and just I'm to remind everybody, I, I, there's nothing prepared for this. I have no notes in front of me. I just am staring at my brother's, um, you know, half, ha- half beard that he's got going on. Half beard. quarter beard, not even half. <laughs> Thanks, <man. Yeah. laughs> Appreciate it. I've got a full beard. Everyone. If that's it's what just... you call a full beard. Then what do you call mine? <laughs> Uh, all right so here here we go um i don't i don't have a response yeah okay Um, you know it's true uh number one alabama sneaks past unranked texas 20 to 19 so texas might be better than we thought quinn ewers goes down with a sc joint injury he's out four to six weeks hudson card could not uh do keep keep the the victory in 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 the texas hands but losing by one you know you got to give it to Give it to um, Bryce Young for leading them back uh, to for the go-ahead field goal. Um, Alabama may be more suspect than we thought. I got to say, uh, I was watching the end of that game, and uh, there was a missed sack on Alabama's final drive. I mean, oh, he, the, the guy, he evaded Bryce it Young was perfectly. in his sights. That could I mean, have been the game. It, it would have been the game, yeah. and um, Bryce Young somehow slipped out of it and uh, managed to get a first down on I, that may have been fourth down, um, and uh, kept the drive alive. And they they were able to 
put the the um the winning field goal yeah. through the uprights yeah. uh not quite as time expired or maybe it was as time expired anyway <clears throat> they snuck they snuck by texas texas had them bottled up all game it was an impressive performance it's it's the kind of game um, where you're like what if our our you know stud qb you know doesn't go down in the first half like what could have been you know unranked upsetting number one uh that could have ch- I mean, we changed texas against that could have changed texas's not just their season it could have changed their entire arc of their of, of steve sarkeesian's um tenure yeah and you know i mean if alabama goes down i, I you know i think they still people would have said you know you get a pass on that and oh, if they had won yeah. the rest of their games they would have been yeah, you know it wouldn't have necessarily affected alabama as much but uh, you know what um, it's going it to affect would have affected it's going to affect this next week of practice for the alabama players <laughs> oh, they're going to have a <laughs> yeah. rotten week. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so one thing the last thing i'll say is about this game it's interesting you know who would i have rather won that game and it's like, yes, I would have loved to have seen Alabama get upset. But just like you said, would it have affected Alabama's arc um, of like the rest of their season? They'd probably go on to win, you know, the rest of their games, uh, if not, um, maybe lose one and probably still win their, you know, if they don't win their conference, they probably so- still somehow make the playoff. Um, so, but but if Texas wins, then we start hearing the the, the Texas love fanfare, the Texas chatter, yeah, and then yeah. they start maybe Texas. I, is I bad. don't need. Well, I don't need or want. I, I don't need that. We're going to be an SEC team starting, I think, next year, right? So, so do we need? Uh, yeah. Do we need the SEC having you know these blue bloods all be at full strength? And, and I'm happy to see. Nope. I'm happy to see uh, Texas remain in the gutter. That's fine with me. Speaking of uh, SEC blue bloods, here's uh, here's your next headline. Uh, ten second take. Okay. Remember, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking. At, I'm actually looking at a, a clock right now with the seconds okay. on it. Texas A&M is upset by App State, seventeen to fourteen. D- does I mean d- does Texas A&M know how to have offense? Uh, uh, like their their problem is like their defense plays well. They don't have offense, man. And that's the, been the knock on um, uh, what's his face uh, what's the head coach's name there gosh jimbo jimbo Fisher. that's been his knock this entire time at texas a&m this dude's bringing in all the recruits in the world and can't put an offense on the field um here's another one number eight notre dame shocked by marshall 26 to 21 Former penn state running backs coach charles huff um who was who left with joe mo down to mississippi state who then coached under um alabama's nick saban is now at marshall as a head coach he just put one on your wife's notre dame fighting irish who are you know didn't fight hard enough apparently um oh and two for the first it's the third team um the third team, the third time, and i think since 2020 maybe earlier i forget the exact year but that has lost their Two first games of the season, zero and two, as being a preseason top five team. Not a great start, yes. Marcus Freeman. I think he's it, a good coach. I think they'll be fine. Not a good start, though. I, so, a couple things there. Number one, Marshall's defense looked dominating. Wow, they they were just. I mean they they were the tougher team from my to my eye. The other thing is that this is now two weeks in a row that Notre Dame has not been able to get any meaningful offense going. So well, that that's a problem. It really uh, some of some of Marshall's um, point total is is off of a pick six. So um, y- you know the the offense gave away points. Uh, Notre Dame's defense played 
well enough, although they had some breakdowns as well. Um, trouble stopping their um, running back. Uh, yeah, it's not a happy time in my in-laws family. I think what we take away from this is is not necessarily that Marshall beat them. It's that, well, I mean, with the with the optics of Marshall beating them, what's up with the Ohio State-Notre Dame game then? Yeah, that's an interesting question too. By the way, Notre Dame out of the rankings this week. Um, next headline, number 21 BYU tops number nine Baylor, 26 to 20. Um, I picked Baylor to win this game. Excuse me, I'm sorry. I picked BYU to win this game and I don't care about either of these teams really. Um, nope. It's it's just a it's a top 10 upset and and that's that's all it is to I me. I just think it goes to show you Upsets. how uh, goofy preseason rankings, rankings yeah, yeah, yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number 20, Kentucky beats number 12, Florida, 26 to 16. Um, this is a significant uh, game uh, historically for the SEC. It's the first time since 1977 or 1978 that uh, Kentucky will have beaten Florida in back-to-back years. And the quarterback to do it is Will Levis, our former backup, which clearly maybe shouldn't have been our backup. Um, he's, he's playing, you know, really good ball down in SEC country and, and I'm happy for him. Um, but it's sort of bittersweet to see it happen. Um, you know, great game. It was a fun game to watch for sure. Also shuts down that obviously premature Heisman conversation. Oh, dude, he terrible. <laughs> he was getting sacked. He was throwing interceptions. He 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 did not look great. Anthony Richardson. Yeah, that Florida quarterback who um, I can't remember his name. Anthony Richardson was anointed last week as a high. Yeah, I mean contender. he looked very good against Utah. Um, but uh, yeah, whatever whatever magic he had in that game, he couldn't. Uh, he couldn't find again against Kentucky. And that's a big game for both of those teams. Kentucky, I think in particular, has a little bit of a, a cross-division grudge against Florida. And so no doubt they feel really good about that. All right. Um, number 24, Tennessee hangs on to beat number 17, Pitt, in overtime, 34 to 27. Um, hate SEC teams winning anything, but against Pitt, <laughs> give it to me. You know, like give it to me all day, every day. I don't want Pat Narduzzi gloating that he's ranked ahead of Penn State in the polls good because they're now ranked just behind us in the polls as a one on one team. Um, the world is as it yeah, should be. Yeah, that's yeah. Anytime Pat Narduzzi's having a tough time living his life, uh, I'll be happy. <laughs> um all right, um, last one of these national uh, upset games. Uh, number 19, Wisconsin Badgers are tamed by the Cougars of Washington State, unranked. This is a Cougars. this is a bad loss. This is a very bad yeah, loss. Yeah, 17 to 14 was that final, this by the is, way. So, so um, Texas A&M not having offense is like, that's, that's they their SEC team, like you, you got to have offense in the SEC to, to, to do something. Somehow Wisconsin doesn't need to have a ton of offense to win games because they have great defense. But against Washington State, you can't muster more than 14 points. And you have, you know, that, that O-line and the running game being what it is. Like you got out like you know, blue collared by a Pac-12 team. And this is a former, you know, high flying, you know, Mike Leach program over there. Like they don't play tough football at Washington State the way that Wisconsin should be. That's a tough loss for for Badger fans, man. Real tough loss. Yeah, I mean, they shut down Washington State's offense. You only gave them 17 points, but something happened for Wisconsin um, on their own it's, side of the ball. They, I think Mertz is their only problem. 14, I think Mertz so. is their problem. Graham Mertz is not the quarterback mm. they were. They thought he was it when his tenure started a, a couple few years ago, or 
two or three years ago. Yeah, he they, he was the next guy. Yeah, they thought. yeah, he was the highest was no rated Drew Aller, highest rated quarterback recruit they've ever had, and they just thought he'd take them. They thought he would take them into the the new age of of a new new type of offense. But I don't know, man. That's that's tough. All right, so. Um, Let's just switch to the Big Ten. We already talked about probably the most significant game in the Big Ten, Nebraska face planting against Georgia Southern, leading to a change in coaching there. Um, But uh, just a couple other things briefly. Um, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, they all romped over inferior opponents. By the way, you just mentioned, Um, including Penn State, the only four Big Ten teams that are currently ranked now. Interesting. Ohio State, Michigan are ranked third and four. Um, Michigan State is ranked 11th, by the way. Wow. Um, And and Penn State's ranked 22nd. So no no other Big Ten teams ranked. That's all preseason ranking. But it's also you know? the Big I mean, Ten East is the, are the only ones that have. I, and it doesn't oh, matter. It doesn't matter right now. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. But anyway, they all romped over inferior opponents. Um, people Ohio were, State I, scored yeah. less points than Penn State and gave up more Allowed points than more Penn points. State versus yeah. a worse team last year than Ohio, which was Arkansas State. So listen, it's not a, it's not a it's not that big of a deal really in the grand scheme of things, but it's certainly an interesting thing for a team that couldn't score more than thirty last year. Penn State, um, you know, putting up forty six and and scoring more than Ohio State's vaunted Ohio, you know offense. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I mean, and and some of the you know uh, quick takes and like the um, you know halftime shows and stuff, they were like doing highlights of Ohio State, and they're like, uh, and Ohio State finally got their offense rolling, yeah. you know. Yeah, and um, sh- sure they did, but like it, again, Penn State actually had a bit of a better day. Dude, they thought so, that they were going to score know, fifty plus against Notre Dame in in week one. People thought so, that Ohio State was going to be scoring fifty points in every single game. So it's worth keeping an eye. Yeah. On. Let's just put yeah, it that yeah. way. Um, we you already mentioned the Northwestern game. Um, they fell to, to Duke. In particular, Northwestern's defense uh, can't hold uh, opposing um, offenses. Uh, Duke put up four hundred sixty yards of offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the thirty-one twenty-three loss um, not, against the not Pat a good Fitzgerald Western, uh, well-coached, you know, hard-nosed defense. Yeah, that sucks. Um, and uh, lastly, I'll just say uh, that Iowa, um, who deserves congratulations for scoring their first actual offensive touchdown of the season, but still only managed seven points <laughs> for the second week in a row. <laughs> to fall to uh, Iowa State um, on a missed field goal as time expired. Uh, Spencer Petrus is... Um, who did they play? Remind me. Sorry. Iowa State. Iowa State. So, yeah, this was a it good was opponent. The, it was their big yeah, rivalry It was game. against a good opponent, obviously. and But you lost... What was the final score? Say one more time for me. 10 to 7. Man, you can't you can't score a field goal or an extra touchdown there. Um and it was at Kinnick too, wasn't it? I don't I think it was at uh, Kinnick. have that information sure in front of me. So, Spencer Petrus ha- is 1 and 8 in his last I believe 9 starts. I believe. I I don't know uh that but I think what I sent you was a stat that was something oh, like Oh no, you um, oh, then I said it wrong. I he, he's he oh, has last- one touchdown versus nine that's interceptions in his last five that's games. What, yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> what you said, not what I said. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have um, my notes, people. So, Come on. I'm working off of memory I mean, here. I'm and doing I'm pretty sure, good. I'm sure the folks that I would love to have Graham Mertz at this point. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, probably. 
Uh, swap so swap anyway, quarterbacks. See what happens. <clears throat> I mean, right now the West is not is not looking that hot. And hey, by Actually, the way, Minnesota, Purdue, Minnesota, and Purdue look are Purdue and good. Minnesota look to be like the the class of the At West right now. Anyway, it's it's early, and we'll be playing both of those teams. So we already did play um, Purdue. I know. Yes. I mean, yes, whatever. Yes. Okay. Yes. So uh, anyway, um, let's, let's close news and notes and, um, let's turn to that Ohio game there. Like I said, uh, in the opening, there's some interesting things to talk about, you know, that normally in a 46 to 10 victory, um, you know, a blowout game against an opponent, you're supposed to blow out. There's maybe not a lot that you, you would necessarily want to talk about, but, um, I think there are a couple things here. Um, you know, first of all, you know, we just got to point out, we exercised the Frank Solich demons. Mm-hmm. That was really nice to get that monkey off our backs. Um, we also saw um, the scoreboard light up for the first time in a long time. Um, it was the most points since when? Well, we talked about this before uh, we got on, yeah. the, got on the recording side of this. And I, I, you know, I had said, a bunch um, of guesses. I, my first guess yeah. was, I, you know, the, the opening, se- the opening season game uh, in 2019, uh, Idaho, which we scored 79, I believe, and that answer is incorrect. And then I said the Memphis Cotton Bowl game, which we scored 53, and you, that was incorrect. And then you said it wasn't against um, Maryland or Rutgers, which I guess those two teams. And then, and then yeah. I said Michigan State, and you said no. <laughs> so, <laughs> then I just said, let me yeah. help you out. <laughs> so then you told me. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, well, and here's the thing. Uh, it's it's wasn't last year at all. Yeah, right. All right, right so of course. It, it exceeded our, a point total in any game last year. And then um, you go back to the v- previous season, 2020, that awful COVID year. We did end up scoring 56 against Illinois in that final uh, sort of bonus game of that year. So, um, but yeah, it's been a long time since we've seen the, that number of points uh, go up. Incidentally, um, if not for the safety we we got in the second quarter, uh, we would have scored 44, mm-hmm. which was the same total against the other, the most recent MAC team we played last year, uh, Ball State. Mm. So <clears throat> I don't know why 46 feels better than 44, uh, but it but it sure does. Um, we left a touchdown on the table here- in Clifford's first uh, series after the half, too. So we could add more. Yeah. Would have been closer to your yeah, score. Uh, we. <laughs> prediction right we we actually left um four points on the table with a mix missed extra point and a missed field goal so um yeah it felt it felt like the offense was humming it felt like there were some so really you we know, could have had an extra 11 points is what you're saying no yeah we could have had an extra if we got a touchdown instead of a field goal and then if we hmm. uh, made an extra point we could have had an extra eight eight points as it were we 54 would have been pretty yeah. So we'll talk about that maybe a little bit later. But the other monkey we got off our back, bro. Oh, yeah. The big one. The big, the big one. one. We have a hundred yard rusher on this Penn State team this year. Darn near, Nick Singleton. Darn near to, uh, 200 yard rusher. I mean, what a day Nick Singleton have. It, it, it was really, really fun watching him run a total of 179 yards on only 10 carries. Two touchdowns. So he had double, so he had double digit carries. He had two touchdowns and he almost had 200 yards rushing. And, that, and now he's starting to be called Nick Doubleton and not Singleton. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not sure that'll stick. But anyway, yeah, Doubleton? that was fun. Um, Every time he scores two touchdowns, they're going to call him Doubleton. Okay. Um, it, it it doesn't have the kind of ring to it that you'd like. But Listen, anyway, Andy, uh, you come up with a better uh, name right now. Right now. Right now. Uh, Doubleton okay. it is. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Coupleton. No, you lose. You lose. <laughs> Come come back next week um, with a better a better option, and we'll discuss. So he had, um, like you said, two touchdown carries. Those carries were seventy yards and forty four yards. Very long touchdown runs, and then he also had another long carry of forty eight yards. Um, you know, doing the math, it was really very tough math. But if you, uh, I used my calculator, uh, seven hundred seventy nine yards on ten carries. That gives you an average of seventeen point nine yards per did carry. You get your calculator out for that, Andy. <laughs> Did you get your? Did did. did you do some long division? (laughs) Um, I got my lead pencil out. You got your your Texas Instrument TI eighty nine out. Graphing calculator. (laughs) Did you show it to Um, me in a graph? (laughs) Um, Well, here's another interesting. um, You shared this in uh, you know in a text with me earlier. I'm a genius. Um, According to Pro Football Focus, hundred sixty nine of those hundred seventy nine yards was after contact. Yeah, man. And he uh, he forced nine missed tackles. Uh, it was just a tremendous performance. Well, that's what I said going into this game. Uh, as the game, he, like he was a couple times early on, he was getting tripped up at the line. And I just was saying, you know, hey, if he could, yeah, he had one or two that he could have popped totally for another big, uh, you know, another big. If he could rush just or two. like you know, kind of high step through those um, arm tackles that trip up his shoelaces or whatever. Um, if he could just, you know. You know, break those tackles. He, the dude would be gone. And then, sure enough, he found the Saquon outside runs. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's what Saquon was so good at, at was bouncing him to the outside. And he did. By the way, Saquon did that in his game yesterday for a very long um, pickup in his game. And he had the he had a touchdown and a go ahead. He had over 100 yards and a go ahead two point conversion to lead the Giants. So it was a great day for Penn State um, f- uh, footballers in the NFL, which we probably should have have a small segment of that um, moving forward. I think personally, but. Anyway, Singleton, Look, everyone's I, talking about Singleton being that next kind of talent for Penn State that we have been searching for and needing with this, you know, lackluster offensive line. We just need somebody that has that extra gear and that extra shimmy to 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 break them. And he, he showed it. Yeah. His first touchdown carry was 70 yards. Yeah. That's incredible for yeah. a true freshman. What was Saquon's first touchdown run? I don't even know, but I bet it wasn't I, 70 I yards. Mean, he had so I would say Singleton's performance on Saturday it was very reminiscent of Saquon's true freshman Absolutely. campaign. Absolutely. In his first two games, he had like similarly, you know, well over a hundred yards and multiple um you know, carries or, or or maybe at least one one long run in uh, you know, in those initial games. But but look, I, I just this is a courtesy of the Penn State's um sports office, uh, media office. It just kind of to illustrate how long it's been since Penn State has seen something like this. Okay, so um, Nick Singleton is the first Nittany Lion with multiple 40-plus yard touchdown runs in a game since which running back? Multiple four. I mean, I, I want to say Saquon because that's an easy answer, but but I feel like that would be. I wrong. feel like you wouldn't you ask go that. Go back further. Okay. Uh, so state was there a, first Penn State running back with multiple forty plus yard touchdown runs since yeah. Larry Johnson. You're right. 
Larry Johnson, November 16th, 2002 against Indiana. He had three 40 plus yards. And he had over 200 yards in that game. I, I think. Uh, probably. Yeah. I mean, those three runs together, he had three touchdown runs, 41, 43 and 69 yards. So he's at like 150 yards right there or something. I, th- I think I um, specifically remember the game, him, him having over 200 yards. Um, so, um, but also he's the first Penn state running back with multiple 40 plus yard runs of any type yeah. since when? Now that I want to say Saquon. It's a little sooner than that. Really? Not quite as far back. It's I'll, Miles. I'll, I'll help you out. It's Journey Brown in the uh, Cotton Bowl. Oh, nice. Yeah, gosh. I, but like, it's been since before the dark years of COVID that we've seen a similar yeah. running performance yeah, yeah. by a Penn State back. I mean, it's been a long, long time. Uh, it was a very, very unique performance. Really, really incredible. Um, and he only had ten put carries. A, <laughs> Put an exclamation point on it. It's been 651 days since our last 100-yard rusher. It was Keevon yeah. Lee, who is a true freshman at the time, who uh, carried for 134 yards in Penn State's game uh, and win over Michigan. Is this when we start talking about the, the running back picture, or am I just supposed to let you put, move the conversation? Oh, along? no, we can talk about it. Uh, all we want here. Um, but just let me just close. Sure. The, it was a good rushing day all around. Um, total of 234 rushing yards. Katron Allen, um, he was the next uh, highest rusher. Only 23 yards on six carries. I mean, that's a big, big difference there. He did have a 22-yard reception as well. Um, so Katron definitely looked like the next best back. Kevon Lee, zero yards on one carry. Um, he played a lot more than that. He caught a but pass. He only had he one a pass. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. What t- t- what are your thoughts? Uh, what does it say about the future for Penn? I mean, that's what you take away from a game like this well, when two, you see this coming out. Party. Two weeks in a row that we played for running backs, uh, at least in the meaningful you know parts of the game. Um, Devin, yep. Fo- and Devin, Devin Ford was in there Devin and Fo- caught a swing pass out of the backfield. So that's two plays in a row that he has been. Sorry, two games in a row that his only. Meaningful con- contribution has been a swing pass out of the backfield, um, you know. And last week it was an important one that picked up a first down on fourth down. Um, and I think this week it was like a third down conversion of some sort or whatever. Um, but it's clear that Devin does not have a cr- at this juncture. If all backs remain healthy and everything projects out the way things are looking in these first two weeks, it's Nick Singleton is starting if you want to call it starting is starting to create significant separation at the top uh, by being, you know, having the most carries, even if it's only 10. But I think that a performance like this, you, you open your eyes and you say, okay, we have to give him more than 10 freaking carries. (laughs) Yeah. You just do. Yeah. Um, And it's clear that Kevon Lee was phased out of the running game. Um, I, I, I don't want to say phased out of the running game, but, but, but he had one carry for zero yards, and it—I don't know. Like it's clear what type of back Kevon Lee is, and, and in my opinion, he's a between the tackles runner. He's not the guy you run off tackle. Um, he's not the guy he can catch the I ball. Mean, I'm not, my, but what I'm noticing is that uh, Kevon is in there for blocking a lot. Yeah. I mean, he's—he seems like a very, very reliable blocker. So, you know. I think the thing you want to be careful of is that you tip your hand too much about what play call oh, you're, sure. you know, going to have based on the personnel that's in there. Be threatening in the running game if you're going to have him in there, and he can. It's not like he can't yeah, run the ball. So. He can run the ball. 
He's yeah, just but, not. But he's not going to. He's not. He's not going to do what Nick's explosive do. plays at all. Like it's clear and, that he's um, not that. It, and 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 James Franklin's uh, post game press conference, he, one, he he said something I thought was pretty insightful. I mean, go figure. He's a football coach, <laughs> uh, but um, you know, he said just putting putting that on tape, what Singleton did, it's going to cause defensive coordinators to scheme against Penn State differently. Sure. And 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 what that may do then is open up other types of run or pass plays when you really have to be careful about not letting a guy like. Nick Singleton get out uh, along the edge. You know, when you're frightened about that happening, that allows people to cut up inside or, you know, you fake, you fake the, the handoff and, you know, find a pass ac- across the middle because a linebackers vacated that area. So, um, y- you know, who knows whether or not we're going to see a lot of this going forward. I mean, it was against Ohio, right? You know, so will we have faster linebackers and safeties that can catch you know, singleton in the open field or, or take better angles, maybe, you know, but it, it definitely is going to make teams think about how they play against us. Um, I mean, by the time, you know, Saquon's second year came around, I mean, people were terrified of Saquon wrecking the game um, and uh, trying to figure out how to stop him. I don't know if Nick Singleton's there yet. Uh, it'll take a lot yeah, more he's, examples he's of that. In his you know, first but, game of getting double-digit carries. Like, <laughs> it's not right, like he's arrived right. at his – he's not at his um, final form. Like, the dude still has grown. I mean, he's going to have to play – he's going to have to play – much better competition and still have similar kinds of games like Saquon had. And Saquon has been Michigan shut down plenty Ohio of times and, too, but they, but they, cause they right. schemed for that. And back when we right. had trace, um, you know, McSorley, we were able to kind of like play off of that and, and chuck the ball deep when they were putting too many people in the box. Um, do we have the, the players at wide receiver and tight end to be able to um, game plan differently when they shut our running game totally down TBD? Because when our run game is shut down, like, it hasn't looked good last year and the year before. Yeah. But again, having this, having this game breaking speed, uh, uh, you know, that whether or not, you know, you, you run up you just have the to middle dedicate or run around the edge. To the box, obviously. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna open some different things up the way that we haven't been able to, to, to open it up in years past. I, and I'm not, I don't want to say that, that Nick Singleton is Saquon Barkley, all I'm just trying to say the is it makes there. a difference. The talent is there. It makes a difference when you have someone like that that causes opposing defenses to have to have to figure something else out, and um, and that could be good for us. I, personally, I'd love to see Nick Singleton have you know multiple games this season that look a lot like that Ohio game. Well, it'll just remain to be seen. It's interesting that so so. Um Nick Singleton came into Penn State as a highly regarded recruit, the number one running back in the country uh, in some um, rankings, uh, you know, Gatorade player of the year, um, and which is why he has the nickname Gatorade, um, which is very creative, obviously. Um, but, but you know, he, Saquon did not come in with that kind of um, praise. Saquon, like right. ha- he was unheralded. He, I mean, in that respect, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, he, Saquon built himself and, and grew into this type of running back. Whereas Nick Singleton's kind of like sort of already there, but like, because Saquon came before him, he has a lot to live up to. And it's not like just because you're the Gatorade player of the year that you are the next Saquon Barkley, the dude still has to put the work in. 
And like, I hope that his work ethic, and it appears that it is, his maturity, his work ethic, um, all these things are pointing to him being a very mature and capable um, running back to handle this kind of um, praise, to handle this kind of, um, you know, uh, he's he's being called upon to to arrive this year, to, to be a difference maker this year. And it, it's definitely cause for excitement. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, you know, we also have some things to talk about on the quarterback side. Before we get there, um, also cause for excitement. And and this, you know, uh, Nick Singleton's performance is just sort of like the, the case in point. But, you know, the youth movement that we started talking about last week was really on display. Um, beyond Nick Singleton and his great performance, we saw a lot of other freshmen, uh, both true freshmen and redshirt freshmen, um, uh, 12 players um, made their college debut against Ohio for Penn State. Six of those 12 were true freshmen. 13 total true freshmen have seen the field already this season. Um, we got our first glimpse of highly touted wide receiver Caden Saunders. Uh, true freshman Omari Evans caught his first career touchdown uh, from Drew Alar, who had his second game with meaningful snaps as a true freshman. Um, redshirt freshman Khalil Dinkins caught uh, the second of those touchdown passes. Uh, first career, this is interesting, first career receptions for each of those young wide receivers was a touchdown. Um, so, um, you know, we're we're just seeing the recruiting prowess of James Franklin, particularly last year's extremely highly ranked uh, recruiting class, make a real, real impact on the field this year. Um, and to me, that's really exciting to see. Uh, again, who knows how this plays out as the season goes along and the competition becomes stiffer. Will we see that same level of contribution from those young players? I don't know. But it, it was really, really fun to watch all of those um, young men you know, show their stuff uh, on well, Saturday. Well, it's interesting that like the amount of players that played against a Big Ten foe opening the season at night at Purdue um, – it started right away with playing these younger guys. And of course it's going to happen against Ohio. Uh, um, I will be really interested to see if this is just a trend um, through, you know, games that they think they can get away with it. And then they're going to shut some of these guys down to redshirt them. Um, or, or is this a wave of, of these younger talent, more talented guys replacing some more of the experienced guys because the talent is they have is better or is this just, or is this just a trend that will end once we head down into SEC country I mean, I think it's a great question and 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 sort of the, the biggest question on that line has to do at the with the quarterbacks at that quarterback position because I mean Two weeks now, we've seen Drew Aller have uh, some really solid performances. Um, and, I mean, Sean Clifford is not, and to my eye, taking the next, quote-unquote, He has not taken a step next step. He has not. The, the only step no. forward that I th- thought he took was in the Auburn game last year. Um, it seemed to me that like maybe he was starting to put it together to to yeah, to, ma- first half to manage I- first half of Iowa yeah, to, until so he to, fell, to right? manage the team with, without yeah. making mistakes is like what yep. is a step forward for Clifford. Um, yeah, and and but he's still making mistakes. He's still not p- playing a clean. I mean, game. he took four sacks against Ohio. He's not playing a clean game decision making wise against inferior opponents. And and of course, yeah, you can um, point to every time. You know, you still have the ability to point to the offensive line, but. 
But guess what? Drew, Drew Lahr is playing against that same offense or playing with that same offensive line. And he was six for eight. Yeah, he missed a pass or two, um, but still six for eight. And two of them were touchdowns. You know, the dude was more efficient with the same offensive line and and throwing to throw. And by the way, throwing to younger, you know, less experienced receivers on top of that. So it, it, it appears that that. I think it's I think it I can say this without um you know overthinking it too much is that I Drew Lars a better quarterback. Um and I don't really know if if there's an argument to be made uh, the only the only thing that you can really point to that are the differences between Sean and um as far as why you keep Sean in is that Sean just is more experienced. All right? So he can run right, well, he can he knows the offense better. That that's really what this, happens here. But Sean's still making the same mistakes he made over the last three years, two years. Well, this brings us to our mailbag for the day. So let's go ahead and open it up because uh, we got a, a really interesting mailbag question today. Mailbag time. And just like just like the uh, last week and the week before, Andy, um, I have not looked at the mailbag question. Um, so this is this will be all news to me. All right, it's a good one too. Um, so, who's it from? It's from uh, JB <laughs> in Wyoming. Okay. Um, all right. So Thanks, here's your mailbag. <laughs> Would you rather see Drew Aller start and play full games right now, or see Ken- Clifford continue to start and play full games with the caveat that he is much improved? Um. So the whole playful games for the Clifford one is the is the 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 crux of that. The catch. Yeah. Um cuz here we are we're going into the meat of the season, right? I mean, like if he, do if, do you want to shut down Drew Alar or excuse me, Drew Aller um and and have Clifford kind of be the guy with the caveat that he's quote much improved. Much. Or do you want to see do you want to see Drew Aller take over? And well, of course, uh, I want to see know, Clifford play guy. much improved. You know, <laughs> we all right. want to see Clifford play much improved. That, that's all we really want is to have a b- improved quarterback play. You know, well, and I don't have any information here on on the um, motive behind the question, but I think the assumption is if Clifford continues to play like he's going to play, it's a foregone conclusion. Want Drew Drew yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you're kind of the question is dumb. Let's put it that way. <laughs> this is a dumb question um, because in both circumstances, the quarterback play is better than what we are currently having now. So what I'll say though, is that drew Aller is capable of probably making rookie mistakes. Um, yeah. That's not, that, that's part of the growing pains of being a true freshman quarterback, you know? Um, so I think I'm, I'm forced, but as we said, I think it was said last week, his ceiling is going to be a lot higher. But you just, I mean, but you just told me a much, touch- no, you just, his question says a much improved Sean Clifford, the ceiling. I'll say, but that means like improving Clifford's floor, but his ceiling to me still is the same. His ceiling is not bad. The ceiling's not bad. I, I, we like his, I, I don't hate his ceiling. It's his floor that we hate. And we have exactly. always we this whole preseason and and after last the last game we said if we could just raise Sean's floor it will be gr- it, he'd be a great quarterback you know 
I don't care that he can't, dude. He, it's not like he can't throw the ball, throw the ball deep. He can. He just is inaccurate and inconsistent when he does. So he can still chuck the dang ball. He's he was doing it with Hamler and he was doing it with um uh you know you know Dotson last year. It's, this is these these wide receivers were drafted high. Dotson was a first round draft pick. He needed someone throwing him the dang ball. So it's not like he- here's here's my here's my challenge with this particular question because you know my my heart says Drew Aller even if my head might say a much improved Sean Clifford is the one I want but like do you remember early Sean Clifford I'm talking about when he came in early season games um, you know I I think the first time we he really saw longest- Sean Clifford take the field was against Pittsburgh yeah. Right um, at Pitt, and he had a great game. We're like, "Oh, this guy's the future." Yeah. And, and then the next week, I can't, I can't remember who it was against. Was it Idaho or whatever? No, no, and like, not, not he, Idaho, but it, but it was a, it was a team uh, like that, Akron, maybe. Yeah. Um, and and you know, he had the longest touchdown pass in Penn State history yeah. to Fre- um, I was going to say Freddie George, but um, George, uh, di- yeah, and um, you know, both of those guys. <laughs> never seemed to you know reach the the heights that they showed us that day and you know so Sean Clifford actual Sean Clifford on the field was not nearly as good as the as the hopes that were prompted by that early um you know I think he was probably a redshirt freshman at that time Listen, or maybe a true freshman those that early um showing on the I'm field t- and limited action I've taken a much improved Sean Clifford cuz winning now winning this season is going to go a long way and it, Sean yeah. knows the offense better. He is a leader of the offense. Like, you know, people, he's been there six years. You can't replace that level of leadership. Um, And I mean, that's just, I, I'll take experience and a much improved six-year quarterback. Uh, I mean, again, a much improved six-year, fifth-year or six-year quarterback, Kenny Pickett gets drafted. He yeah. Was not, yeah. Kenny Pickett was not amazing before that. He was much improved. And so right. he understood the offense and he had a good rapport with his wide receivers and, and Drew is still figuring a lot of that out. And, and I'm not opposed to Drew learning under a much improved Sean Clifford. And, <laughs> and by the way, if, if Sean Clifford is much improved and plays the quote unquote, the full game, he's still going to get pulled. If the game is in hand and Drew Lara, they're still going to get him reps. It's not like Drew won't get any reps in games the rest right. of the season. So I'll take that scenario over Going through the bumps and bru- bumps and bruises and and, and the, the learning curve of a true freshman um, before we you know before we even hit the uh, the 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 meat of the Big Ten slate we still got to beat Ohio State and Michigan. I understand yeah. the ceiling is higher than Clifford's even as a much improved Clifford, but a much improved Clifford as long as he's not losing us games like he ha- like he does like we're a more consistent football team and a more well well rounded football team. I'll take it. Yeah. I, I I think that's the way you got to go. And, and that caveat, a much improved Clifford, I think is the thing that we've all, I mean, we've been waiting for the Kenny Pickett moment or the Joe Burrow moment for Sean Clifford for, Listen, I don't for put multiple Kenny Pickett years. And Joe Burrow in the same conversation. I, 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 there's I'm, no Joe Burrow moment coming for Sean. It's at best, it's at best, <laughs> I'm it's just at saying, best Sean I, Clifford. Or excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. At best, Joe uh, or uh, Kenny Pickett. Sean Clifford Gosh, at I, best will be Sean yeah, Clifford. Exactly. That's actually a true statement. That is that is the that is the truth. And by the way, if Sean can t- to 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 remove the caveat, I'm taking yeah. Drew Aller. Yeah. By right. the way, <laughs> I think the big question. I mean, I think it's a legitimate question, and and only the coaches are really seeing. 
Listen, what's happening? There's a quote from the- from Franklin from from quite Frank at the end at, at, after the game was over that he's like, um, we're gonna do what we got to do to win games. You know that uh, that might not be the exact quote, but they were it, basically he, he, it's paving the way for I think. You know, I think Franklin's mentality is that he understands Sean Clifford has has his limitations at this point in his career. And, you know, how long can you sit there and as a as a coach who even if they just gave him a crazy extension that he got, like he is still a coach who, you know, has to win games. He's got to win. He, You're at Penn State, man. You, you you can't just go with your sixth year senior hoping to win games when you need to win games. And if Clifford can't get you there, I think he understands that he might have to play his blue chip quarterback talent a lot more than than we all would have thought before the season started. It, uh, you know, I, I was as I was about to say, uh, it would be a heck of a statement to see Drew Aller trot out there against. Auburn as the starter. I mean, that's but uh, listen. He's I, not going to be starting. I don't think obviously. it's outside the realm of possibility. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. I really, honestly, for, don't. for that Drew Lar starts against Auburn, it, it, it would be surprising. Oh, it would be earth shattering. Like from a fan <laughs> point, of I view. actually don't think so because look against Ohio, Ohio, yeah. uh, 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 the offense went stagnant for an entire quarter. Yet again, by the way, I mean if you can't be consistent for four quarters against Ohio that says something I mean yeah again yeah, yeah. like you said he's got the he's got knowledge of the playbook he's got you know the I respect of his teammates I just don't but, see Franklin doing that to his sixth year starter I just don't I just like he's just I, not I, it's I, not I, like dude, he's still threw for 72 percent completion and still le- yeah. led us to a respectable lead before Drew came in and it wasn't like the game was was not like a total total blowout when Sean left, but 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 apparently they were trying to get Drew in the game earlier, and Clifford wasn't able to, um, you know, get where Franklin wanted the team to be point wise in the second quarter to be able to do that. So they wanted to get Drew in. You're early. making my. Point. I understand. I understand. I understand. Which is, you know, which is at what point do you say, you know, the even the the downside of Drew Aller is not as low as the downside for Sean Clifford with the upside being as high as it is. To me, the only, the only question for me, let me finish. The only question for me is does Drew Aller have enough of the playbook that he can go out there and run the whole offense effectively? That may be at this point, the only reason that you're going to see Sean Clifford until he messes up. But I just don't believe believe we've seen seen enough of a sample of Drew to be that's why I said I don't know what we're seeing in yeah. in uh practice because I mean that could be really determinative in terms of um you know how good is Drew Aller how ready well, is he right now So it's interesting like it, is Sean Clifford a better practice squad quarterback and is Drew not as good of a practice squad quarterback and then I mean, and, he's then, a and then come game day Sean's not a ga- great game day quarterback, but Drew Lar is a great game day quarterback. You know, those two things are not. There's possible. a lot. There's a lot that we're not seeing because you know we don't watch practices. We don't see him do everything they're doing. So yeah. yeah, it's hard to know. We don't have a lot of the information. We literally only have like the 
broadcast version of the games. Like we don't even get like we can't watch the breakdowns and like look at all the the, the details from every angle. I mean, I'm watching the game one time through, so I I have no idea what I'm honestly. We're fans. We're about. not analysts. We're I. All I'm saying is, I mean, Drew Aller looked fantastic. He the way he worked the pocket. You know the way he put almost all of his throws right on the money. I mean, on the money that, uh, uh that first, uh, touchdown pass, mm-hmm. you know, where was that Omari Evans? I think who caught the first touchdown pass, the one that was like the deep cross yeah. over the middle. Yeah. I mean, he dropped that thing in the basket. I mean, it was in stride. It could not have been better placed. And it looked like he was just having a throw in the backyard, you know, with his buddies. It was unbelievable and then the second one um where he like you know uh the the line broke down their protection he stepped around a couple guys and like threw a dart right in i mean like honestly that's the kind of play that we have been hoping for looking for and honestly expecting from a quarterback it's not modern football era at penn state it's not like clifford hasn't thrown that ball before andy he's thrown those balls to hamler and dotson he has. He's not, I, it's not. I'm not. I'm not making the case for Clifford. It, it just looked different, man. I, I, it looked. It different. looked different because we're dying for different. <laughs> I. I mean, it looked different to me. I mean, it looked. I mean, and you're right. I, it's. It's a small it's sample really, size. It's a it's small honestly, sample size. It's not. It's like what we need is a quarterback who doesn't get you know, flustered in the face of adversity, uh, you know, when the pocket's collapsing, like the way Clifford does, he just, he just does not have a sense uh, for the pocket. He doesn't have a great sense of awareness when he's back there. And it's probably because he spent an entire career with a horrible offensive line. And, and, and Drew Alar hasn't spent an entire career with a bad offensive line. So, so that's why it looks different. Because Clifford has been, you know, programmed that he can't rely on what's in front of him. And so he just, you know, it is what it is. We, you can, I don't think you can grow out of that at this point if you're Sean Clifford. That's, that sucks for him because in his younger years, when we were seeing him in 2019 and 2018, um, you know, he hadn't, he hadn't developed that, that he hadn't been sacked 60 times, you know, or whatever. He got sacked like 40 some odd times last year or whatever it was. Um, it's hard to unprogram that from yourself. So Drew Alar hasn't had to deal with an entire season of Big Ten defensive linemen crushing him, or defense, or, or Big <laughs> Ten true. linebackers crushing him. That's true. So, uh, speaking of the offensive line, uh, it's just probably worth noting that they allowed five total sacks. Drew Aller did take his first sack. It didn't wasn't a great looking sack. Um, uh, you know, I think a lot of the sacks, at least from the um, analysis that I've read they're putting on the quarterbacks more than on the offensive line um, for holding on to the ball uh, Clifford did not look good in a lot of the sacks that he took um, yeah, no. I was a little disappointed to see Drew Aller take that sack but um, also it wasn't Hunt, to say about play calling but the, again the O-line hasn't put it all together Hunt and, and that's and speaking of offensive line Hunter Norzad are our, our rotating left guard with Landon Tangwall um, 
he, by the way, he's a transfer from, I think, Colgate. Uh, Colgate, um, I think you're right. And uh, he got injured and did not return in the game. Um, and so Tangwall, our young sophomore, um, high, highly rated uh, offensive lineman, um, he got the rest of the, the work the rest of the way. And I didn't really remember how well he played after Hunter Norzad came out. But, I mean... You know, Singleton's all his big carries were around the right side of the uh, of the. Yeah, they they were they were around the edge. I mean, they were bounced because he didn't have the hole where right. it was supposed to be up front. So um, keep an eye on that. Yeah, not I'm the, saying as far as our, our not the line best of days rotation. for the offensive line. Um, it was against Ohio, but I also credit Ohio. They had pinned their ears back. They decided to stop up the middle. They decided to come after us, play aggressive, and, and they looked. They looked pretty capable at times. Um, look, we we haven't talked about the defense at all. I don't think there's a lot to say. They played generally pretty well, except for the second quarter when they seemed to go to sleep as well. Um, Chop Robinson didn't have a huge stat line, but he he really looked good. Um, seemed like he was really getting after it. Um, I think he had at least one tackle for loss. I think he had, didn't he have a um, sack? The linebackers. The uh, I didn't notice that it was a sack, right. uh, but. I whatever I could be wrong. Whatever. Um, linebackers looked better. Sutherland um, was in position. Sutherland was, was in position better. to make some plays and made some plays. He didn't overrun um, everything like he did had done in this in the safety world before this year. Tyler Elsden, our starting middle linebacker, led the team in tackles with six, and Abdul Carter had five. Um, That's big. So. Um, yeah, some some good things there. Um, anything you want to say about the the defense? Um, dropped interceptions. Still, they Ohio got the message right. from from the Purdue game. Don't throw to Joey Porter Jr. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, loud and clear. <laughs> you know, uh, Joey Porter Jr. You know, received a lot of accolades um, from his game the, the prior week. Uh, he's he's a stud. Um, and Ohio is like, we are not throwing to that guy. Um, so so we'll, I, I, as far as the defense goes, a lot to be. Um, kind of worked out with how how these rotations are going. Um, Mustaford, you know, hasn't really displayed his dominance yet, which you, we'd like to see. Um, I, I think Auburn's going to be running the ball a bit more, also with their quarterback. Uh, so, so kind of you know, it has me a little nervous to, that they've got some mobile quarterbacks going on down there in in, in Auburn. Um, as far as what what we're what we're showing defensively, um, you know, I think the jury's still out on the defense, especially the front seven. Um, uh, Adisa Isaac uh, has yet to, you know, make his claim as a as a great Penn State defensive end. I, we haven't really heard d- deny Dennis Sutton's name. Um, so I, I, I mean, it, I think b- against both Purdue and Ohio, the front seven have been serviceable they've they they've you know they've looked better against ohio than purdue but neither of these uh teams are, are really going well, to test the front seven in terms of their you'd like to have had them like establish a, a, a dominant defensive front against ohio you know so it, it just looks like we play down to the competition if that's what you want to call it. You know what I mean? So, um, I would say they looked pretty dominant to my eye, even though the stat line wasn't great. I think they're doing a lot. That's what dominant means to me is that they're disrupting the offensive game plan. I saw a lot of that, honestly, against Ohio. So, all right. Um, I felt a little better than maybe you did, but I, I agree. The jury's out. Remains to be seen how how that's going to translate once we get 
playing against the big boys. We'll see. We'll learn a lot more this week for sure. Um, last thing, uh, just thought it worth touching on um, special teams. First of all, uh, Barney Amor. Um, Me Amor. That guy is a what? <laughs> that was a weapon. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he dropped two more punts inside the 20, including one down on the one yard line that led directly to that safety. Um, he, and, he, posted, um, he posted that punt, a uh, video of that punt to his um, Instagram, and it says, I may not be a painter, but you get the picture. <laughs> so, it, you know, this this other Colgate transfer of ours, which I believe he is Colgate as well. Yeah. Um, yep. Barney Amora, he's he's endearing himself to the to the uh, uh, Penn State fans, uh, uh, especially fans of special teams, you know, having Stroud last year and the year before. um and then even before that, Blake Gilligan. Do you mean Jordan Stout? That's what, what did I say? Stroud? You said Stroud. Wow. Wow. Jordan Stout, by the way, who had a, a big day for the Ravens. Uh, he The Ravens offense did not get going uh, until late. And so he had five or six punts. Uh, well, so, so but anyway, Stout, Jordan Stout, and then before him, Blake Gilligan, we've been blessed with like weapons as punters. And they and it's those been, guys have gone on to the NFL to be weapons as punters. And I'll just say I was worried going into the season, and I, Billy, I'm not worried anymore. Two of his punts, by the way, uh, were longer than 50 yards yeah. as so, well. So Barney Amore um, is is the next in line for for the uh, you know we're we're churning out these NFL caliber yeah. punters. Uh, the only problem is our flip side of that. Coin. Yeah, is our kicking. Now our kickoff, oh, place our, our place kicking, Pinnegar missed an extra point and missed a field goal. And granted, it was a 40, what, 42 or 44 yard field goal. The guy just doesn't have the, 40, it, uh, he doesn't have look, the accuracy outside of 40. 42 yards. He doesn't have accuracy 42 out of 40 yards. yards. I mean, he doesn't even have accuracy uh, outside of a, 10. <laughs> it wasn't an egregious miss, but it was a miss nonetheless. Um, And, and the doink, uh, hmm. you know, that uh, extra point. I mean, look, that's going to lose a game. It, it wasn't That's a big deal. Lose a game. It wasn't a big deal on Saturday, but think about it. Four points. Let's just go back to 2021. Three games we lost by three points, and one game we lost by four points. Yeah. We right. lost Iowa. There you go. There's our four points. Uh, lost Iowa by three. Lost uh, Illinois, excuse me, by two. Michigan State, we lost by three. That's three more wins. Yeah. Okay. Think about it. Would you rather have... Th- it's, that's the difference between seven and five. And ten and two. Yeah. In the those four points in those games would have been the difference makers. And then the Michigan game against Michigan, the eventual Big Ten winners, that was a four point loss. That those four points could have sent it to overtime in that game. Um, so who knows? You make you're maybe looking at now. We're not saying that that's how we didn't win those games, obviously, but just the context of what four points can do in a game. Correct. Um, Correct. So just to to the listener who doesn't remember last season, four points in a football game in the Big Ten East are a very very big deal, and um, not to be able to reliably hit a 42 yard field goal, not to even be able to like have it as a gimme. a chip shot, you know, for an extra point, uh, that's troublesome. Yeah. So we got to keep an eye on that. Well, who's um, our, who's the, who's the place kicker behind him? It was the, I think it's Sanders. So is and the he new, was it, the number one kicker coming out of high school. So you yeah, got to so think that I, they're trying to, you know, spin him up. If they, if this continues for Pinnegar, because it's just not, it's just not safe to have a, a, a that kind of a liability at a at a position where where it's actually in a you're in a position of of scoring points and you are missing 
the op- those opportunities that are a high percentage of, of g- gaining those points. It's not like a third down conversion yeah. or a fourth down conversion. It's a point conversion. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it is troublesome. Uh, for the record, Franklin uh, expressed a vote of confidence for Jake Pinnegar after the game. Um, I mean, that's the right thing to do. I mean, Bill O'Brien had it, to do it with um, uh, uh, well, sticking with Thicken. And Ficken yeah. got his act together and became a an NFL punt uh, a place kicker. So yeah, so so it's not the end of the season. It's not the end of the world, but it's just again something to keep an eye. Yeah. On. All right. Well, I think we I think we've um, kind of taken that about as far as we can. Um, it's it's now time to kind of take the turn and look ahead to our upcoming opponent, um, the Auburn Tigers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's a major, uh, you know, cross conference game, uh, blue blood Auburn Tigers. Um, we're playing a national game, uh, three on CBS and, um, Couple couple things about that. First of all, this is the back half of a home and home. You all remember uh, last year's whiteout where we we played a great game against Auburn, really kind of gave us a a, a real boost to start the season. Uh, put Penn State on everyone's radar. I don't know that this game is going to have quite that um, level of of um, importance, just because Auburn is not. Um, Exciting a lot of people. Coach Brian Harson. it's his second year. There's been a lot of turmoil um, in his tenure. I, I would also say right now, Penn State's sli- uh, slightly favored, even though we're going to play Auburn at Auburn. I think there may be three-point favorites. ESPN's FPI has us, you know, 61%. like 60-some percent chance of, of winning. So, I mean, it's not like overwhelming favorites, right. but, but people... People are looking at Penn State and looking at Auburn and saying, "Look, looks like Penn State may have a slight edge here." Um, Who did Auburn play in their first game? Do you know? Do, do you have it in front of you? What's that? Who did Auburn play in their first game? Do you recall? Do you have it in front of you? Uh, they played Mercer in game one, FCS Mercer, and um, last week was do, against a group of five San Jose State. Yeah, yeah. So Mercer. Um, who do you have this, their score in front of you? The score of that Mercer game. I mean, it do was. You have it? What's uh, the score? I I will look it up. Okay, I don't so, remember so while you're looking it up, Mercer obviously is not a good judge of what this you know what how good an Auburn team can be. San Jose State um, was not a good team last year. Um, and they absolutely, you know, we, they went into um, Jordan Hare Stadium, not O'Hare, not Jordan, <laughs> not Jordan O'Hare Airport, um, <laughs> but they went into Jordan Hare and they played toe to toe with Auburn, and and you know Auburn was losing at halftime, I believe. Correct? Yeah, yeah. It was they were down ten seven? Imagine. Like with a coach who's already, you know, kind of under the hot seat with them, um, you know, um, he's under the hot he's, seat. He's, he's under it. That's how bad it is. <laughs> like he's not on the hot he's seat. He's under it. He's under yeah, it. Like like he has to graduate <laughs> to being up onto the hot seat before he can even become a better coach. So <laughs> that that's that that's how, literally <laughs> that's, amazing. that's how bad it, it is actually down there. You know. Um, if they had lost that game, you might have seen him get fired. You know, you really, you really might have. Um, San Jose State uh, played tough football with them in Jordan Hare Stadium. Penn State's going down there. I predict that Auburn will, you know, get up for this game. It's the kind of thing where, like, Penn State is capable, in my opinion, of having a, a similar game against a similar opponent. Looking past a San Jose State, uh, kind of thinking about the next game against, you know, 
Penn State or, you know, if we're playing Auburn, if we had like, we didn't look past Ohio, but it's possible that like a different kind of opponent that's, you know, able to get up for Penn State, we can look past them just the same way Auburn did. I don't predict Auburn is going to look as bad necessarily as they did against San Jose State as they might against us. But I, I, you know, I, I just try to put it into context of like, um, they played down, they played down to San Jose State, in my opinion. Yeah. So just um, to cycle back to your previous sure. question, uh, they uh, that Mercer score was forty-two to sixteen. Okay. Um, and Mercer's again, FCS, FCS, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, um, and that was a home game for Auburn, and then um, that uh, San Jose State score. 24 to 16. So they were a 24 point um, favorite in that game and they cu- they couldn't even yeah. score more than 24 points. So they're kind of It's hard to know it's hard to know how to compare like yeah, you yeah, know yeah. San Jose State to Ohio but just for the record like Penn State and Auburn were both kind of 24 25 point favorites in those games and um Penn State um certainly beat the spread um in our game and um I, Auburn didn't come close. This is, so this is how I take from that what you will. Well, right? here's what I take. But, here's what I take. I I look at um a team like Auburn as having the ability to become a better team. Like they 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 certainly get some some good recruits and they they have good players in their team. They do. They have they have the ability to play good defense. They have a good running back. They their offensive line is not the worst out there, and they have the ability to get better. They're, they're still trying to figure out their quarterback situation a little bit, but basically. I'm not trying to say that Penn State has arrived by any stretch, but I think that in the arc of where Penn State could be, um, you know, in their quote unquote final form, if, if all goes well this season uh, and we like, you know, uh, overperform compared to preseason projections, you know, Penn State could have like a 10 plus win season, in my opinion, if we play up to our talent levels potential. And on that arc of getting there, we're a few steps ahead of where Auburn is, in my opinion. And Auburn... I think that's a great way to put it. Because it doesn't discount that Auburn is a dangerous team right. that has talent um, and and that the, the game could easily go Auburn's way if Auburn puts some things together they haven't. Right. But I think to, to, to frame it as that the Penn State is a few steps further in, in putting together a complete performance, yeah. putting together a complete team. Yeah. Um, that's and a again, good way have, of, of We haven't arrived... It. We can certainly nope. take steps back. You know, I, I'm not saying we won't, but like the 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 clues are there that we are at this at this stage going into week three, which you know you don't uh, so much can be turned upside down between week three and week eight. You know, <laughs> like like so so at this point in the season, we have um, there are clues that we are a better football team than Auburn, right? So yeah, um, so. Uh, you know, I think. And by the way, we haven't mentioned that, we haven't mentioned that Penn State is now uh, ranked in the top twenty-five. We we have received enough votes to be. Yes, we have. Oh, we did. Okay, we've mentioned that. My bad. Well, well. So <laughs> so Auburn is the your one-hour long memory span as we've just exceeded. I that. don't care. Um. So so Auburn is <laughs> yeah, Penn State rece- is ranked in the top Auburn 25. is receiving votes. They are the I think second to last or third to last team. That is receiving votes in the AP top twenty-five, which puts them. Um, I, I did the math. I counted. Uh, they are. You counted. I did. I made it. I used all my fingers and toes. Um, they are the fortieth ranked t- 
team in uh, in the country right now. So, um, well, look, I think I think just the way that um, you know analysts and and others are looking at this, um, it, it's this is not going to be an expected blowout. This is not a foregone conclusion that Penn State wins. I think both of these teams. Um, have have some high talent levels and have some weapons. Um, I mean, y- you look first of all just at their running back uh, position. Um, they've got two really really good running backs, um, Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter. Um, but between the two of them, they rushed for fifteen hundred yards, sixteen hundred yards last year. Um, Bigsby already has almost 200 yards on the season. Um, This past week was a fairly pedestrian game for him um, of only 50 yards, but they didn't run him a whole lot. He uh, Bigsby um, tank Bigsby is this guy's name. Um, 6.8 yards per carry on the season so far with a long of 39. So, uh, you know, this is a guy that can break the long run and he's also just going to be able to kind of chip away. Um, This is really going to be our first, a test against a, a strong, strong running team. All right. And, you know, we haven't really allowed a lot of explosive runs this season. I mean, n- not last game at all. Purdue doesn't have a running game to speak of. We could get victimized here. All right. Um, if if our run defense doesn't really come to play, it'll be a good test for our defensive line, too. We'll get to see how they go up against, um, yeah, how they go against a really, really solid offensive line. So just to just, you know, you said, you know, uh, what's his face? Um, Tank Bigsby already has almost 200 yards in the season. Well, just to remind you real quick that our true freshman Nick Singleton um, is leads the nation with ten and a half yards per carry. <laughs> All right, and he well, and he's the thirteenth. He, he and is tied for a day like uh, like he had on Saturday. I'll do that and, for well, you. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, obviously, it's only. I'm just you're bringing up stats for Bigsby. I'm just going to give you a couple of stats for our boy Nick Singleton to to match because you know stats don't mean a lot at this point in the season. Um, but he's tied for thirteenth in rushing with 105 yards per game as well. So, um, so so us looking at. Uh, Tank Bigsby's numbers for this year can be misleading. Um, they their offense is not a well oiled machine at all um, yet, and, and yeah, they they really haven't they really haven't put it all together. But uh, you know, and I but uh, uh, the difference between Tank Bigsby and Nick Singleton is that Tank Bigsby has been a consistently high performing running back his yards per carry are high you know he had a thousand yards on the season last year he's already got almost 100 yards per game this year so uh you you know he's someone that could could really take over a game Uh, again if our run defense is exposed we we got to be on our game we we need uh pj mustafer and um you know the the interior of that line to really lock it down and we need our defensive ends whoever it's going to end up being uh to to set the edge and and really keep those yards per carry numbers way down yeah because you know i th- say auburn is going to want to you know get ahead of steam and just run the ball down our throats and if we let them do it 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 could be a long and frustrating day um you know on the defensive side of the ball could be. Um, I looked to for our secondary to kind of shut down their passing game, so I think it will be um, a power rushing attack. But I looked to their their um, not not to for not for nothing their backup quarterback, uh, and I don't even know if he's quite. I haven't been able to watch the games, but um, 
their backup Robbie Ashford. Yeah, name, yeah. He, I don't know if he's necessarily their backup quarterback or if they're using him in a similar manner of like you know Kevin Thompson and Rashard Casey back in the '99 season, where like almost like a wildcat kind of approach, where he's a running quarterback. He might he was throw their, it a few times, but you're mostly going to. He's run. their second leading he, rusher in the game this past weekend. No, he was their. Oh, leading excuse me. You're right. The they're leading. He outrushed um, Tank Bigsby by I think 10 yards or so with 61 of his own yards. Um, and one of those was a 30 yard run too. So the guy can scramble and get loose a little bit. Um, I think he had three passes for one yard or something like that. So he had three, he had one completion on three passes for, uh, Oh, right. Whatever right, right. it was for a few yards. Yeah. So, yeah. um, it, it just, you know, I, I don't know, like Curtis Jacobs is going to need to spy that guy probably when he, when he comes into the game, um, is my assumption. Uh, otherwise, that guy will bust loose for some annoying third down conversions or something like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know what to make of this Auburn game, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I My gut tells me we're going to win the game, but not. Uh, it's not a confident um, prediction. I don't even know... I don't know what the line is again, yet again for the third third week in a row. I don't know uh, anything about the spread uh, other than just you know we're we're three three point favorite, three and a half point favorite, uh, something something like, something that, like yeah. that. I, I predict the game will be close. I predict that um, you know we will probably scratch our heads a, a bunch of times. Um, but what I would love to see, I would love to see Drew Alar get meaningful reps in this game. I mean, it'll be telling if we see Drew Alar for any, uh, you know, any appreciable amount of time, because this is, I mean, the only reason he got snaps at Purdue is because of Sean Clifford's quote unquote cramps. Uh, it, <laughs> um, well, sh- so Sean Clifford, I, that wasn't part of the plan, right? Um, it was definitely part of the plan to get him reps at, uh, at the Ohio game. Um, I, it'll be telling to see if that, if that switches um, before we, before we leave, i um, just talking about Auburn. I just wanted to note, we, we probably should talk briefly about their starting quarterback, TJ Finley. Uh, he hasn't really had a great, uh, season so far, especially considering, you know, they played Mercer and San Jose state. Um, so just again, uh, to give you a little bit of an overview, um, he was only uh 65% completion on the season. Um, he threw for only 167 yards against San Jose state, uh, less than that against Mercer. He was nine of 14 for 112 yards against Mercer. Yeah. Their passing attack is not, panning out so you know i mean who knows he looked good in stretches last year for them when he was in for the injured bow nicks and um you know he's a guy that has potential i think he's a first-time starting quarterback um i mean like i said he started games last year but he wasn't technically the starting quarterback um because bo nicks was their guy um so it's possible he put something together that we haven't seen but you know the way our secondary and our passing defense has worked i would be i would be surprised if they had a big day passing um on the on the passing day so the you know we're going to want to harass tj finley we're going to want to contain him we're going to make sure we're going to want to make sure that he doesn't you know, get something going there, but I, I, I agree with you that it's really going to be about a run defense and uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting uh, to watch our defense on that count, because like I said, we really haven't been tested yet. Um, if TJ Finley has a big day, it's going to be 
a bad day for Penn State. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I look at um, I, I don't I do not see uh, a, a big passing day from either quarterback. I really don't. It's really going to be about uh, them trying to control the line of scrimmage and get their running game going. And I can, I can see a world where they run for over 200 yards on us as a team. I can see a world where they maybe yeah. approach 300 yards on the ground as a team. Um, and that will be, that will be frustrating because then they'll control the clock. Um, and really as I mean, what we would want to do as a defense against a, t- a team that has explosive options at, at the skill positions, which I believe we do. Um, I mean, even look at Brenton strange. He had that, you know, break, you know, tackle breaking long pass. Yep. That's an yep. explosive you can see play. A running back. Do that. Singleton, that exact Singleton same thing, right? is an explosive playmaker. Even Cato now has the ability to be an explosive playmaker. Our wide receivers have the ability to, to be uh, explosive playmakers. Um, so I, I I, you got to think that in a game where Auburn's playing against some explosive talent, that they want to control the clock, all right, and they want to they yeah. So they, I, I'd be willing to bet that that's what they're going to do is just try and run the ball down our throats. I mean, look at what Illinois did to us last year. Oh yeah, I mean that, and I don't know why. I mean that was obviously Brent Pry, different defense entirely this year. Um, I mean, different defensive coordinator anyway. But I, it, when we were watching that game and the way Illinois was lining up, like everyone inside, you know, you know, a, a 12 yard uh, span across the line of scrims. I mean, everyone was smushed in. Yeah. And they just powered and powered and powered us. And for some reason, like we were unwilling to go an eight or a nine man box. Yeah. You know, and we just let him keep pounding us. I, I hope that I hope that we'll do something different this game, if they, if they get going against us on the ground that we just say, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to let you keep doing that. Um, for, just for the record, they, they're averaging, uh, in the two games already this season, 247 yards on the ground. I mean, That's, when you have bad quarterback play, you got to go with what, what, what works more often than not. And obviously their run game is, is, is what is it better at this point in the season than their passing game. So I don't yeah, the see them trying is- to, I don't see them trying to challenge our secondary in the way Purdue does. Okay. <laughs> That's not going to be happening. You're not going to see Finley throw it 50 to 60 times and out of the question. They've got, they've got running, they've got run, running, uh, offensive game plans written all over them. Now, maybe they have a few wrinkles in the passing game to try and use like play action and misdirection and all that kind of stuff. Um, shoot. I mean, did what Ohio was even running a bunch of gadget plays against us that, that, that were on the cusp of working. So um, maybe they catch one or two on us gadget wise in the passing game that that kind of have the ability to break our backs. But but it's it's really going to be their base offense is going to be all about the running uh, attack. And that's it'll be a massive challenge for our front seven. And and it could be a very um, uh, critical growth test for our front seven to, um, you know, it's a challenge that they will have to rise to the occasion to be able to win, win the game. And, and it will help us against teams down the road that, that are more running, you know, 
focused and oriented, um, you know, namely like Michigan State. I'm not saying Ohio State's going to run the ball down our throats, but they have the ability to. So if if we're shutting down Ohio State's pass game that didn't look great against Notre Dame, by the way, um, you know, Ohio State has the ability to, to power run against us if they want to with a couple of really good running backs. So we need to rise to the challenge defensively uh, with our front seven against a team that is we know going to run the ball for sure. Yeah. Um, for the record, um, against San Jose State, um, Auburn had six empty drives. Okay. That ended either a punt or turnover on downs, um, including two interceptions. Again, they're not a well-oiled machine at all. They get, like there are several yeah. steps behind Penn State offensively, in my opinion, as I stated. So I think that I think the question is: Can we do at least as good a job as San Jose State did defensively against Auburn? If so, I think we got a we got a good shot to win this game. I think the other thing is we will we haven't faced a defense like this yet, and so the, how is our offense going to shape up against this defense? Can we get That's you know a, a couple Clifford of explosive plays Andy. on our own? You That's know, a Sean can Clifford we question. Get, it totally is. Can we avoid a pick six or a puke six or a, you know, a, or a puke six a year field goal for return for 12, you know, puke six year. You know, I mean, like I, we, we got to limit um, turnovers. We got to limit points off of turnovers. We got to, um, we got to find a way to play clean and, and then get a couple of explosive plays in there. I'm eager to see if Theo Johnson is back for this game because he's a, a passing um, threat that that we haven't had in in our um, attack game plan yet offensively or offensive game uh, plan. And, um, you know, to have three capable tight ends at our disposal, um, I think can, can prove to be a mismatch with Theo Johnson out there um, on some play action uh, down the seam. Um, I'll be excited to see if he can get some work in this week. I, I, I but I, I really, it's, it's all up to me. It's all about Penn state's, you know, season long philosophy of, of what they hope to do with this young talent and with Drew Alar, with Nick Singleton, with Katron Allen. Um, are they leaning to the youth through this game or was that a first two game, um, baby trend that won't continue once once the pressure really starts, you know, in these more, as you stated, marquee games like will Penn State. I think that's an interesting point um, that just that word of like the pressure increases. And, and I think part look, if we lose this game and if we look awful, I'll be apoplectic. I will. But what does apoplectic going into this, mean to the people that have uh, like, no idea? Look it up. I don't have time. <laughs> I bet there's a, I um, bet there's a a fifty percent chance that half the people out there don't know what apoplectic means. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a clinical term that talks about losing your control. Are we in a clinic right now? Anyway, uh, I like it. Oh, I, I like bet that you word. do. You majored, <laughs> you majored in English. I will lose it. <laughs> I will lose it if we look miserable and and uh, drop a game to to Auburn. Um, but at the moment, anyway, uh, I'm feeling like there's not the same kind of pressure on this team. Look, it's an out of conference game. It's an away game. There's everything 
to gain in this game. And the, the team is playing well. It's You have an opportunity to put it on a show. I, to me, all the pressure is on Auburn right now. And um, I, I really, and by the way, we've gone in to uh, a really, really rowdy and rough opposing stadium already this season when we went to Purdue. Yeah. You know, um, we played a tough game and a tight game um, against a, a team like Purdue. I mean, Auburn's a very different team, but, you know, we've got our passing attack going. We even got a rushing attack going. By the way, uh, Auburn gave up 275 yards through the air against San Jose State. So to me, I think there's a chance to get our passing attack really, really uh, going, um, you know, and um, who knows, maybe that opens up the run game as well. But I, I think if we can limit mistakes, if we can, you know, play loose and have some fun, um, I think there's not a lot of pressure on this team. Um, and I think, I think that will go well for us, um, you know, going into, uh, an Auburn stadium where the fan base and the team and the coach all have a little bit to prove. Now, maybe they have a chip on their shoulder and they come out and prove it, but I think the pressure's on them, uh, and not on Penn State Andy, if you think there's no pressure on Penn State to win this game, you're crazy. All right. You just, <laughs> I don't mean like, I don't mean like they don't care. It's not like, you know, it's not like playing a scrimmage, but I, I just, I think in terms of needing the win you're, to prove you're crazy. you have a good team. Sean Clifford's in his sixth year, man. Um, now Sean Clifford needs, he has well, the pressure on him. It, it, dude, we're talking Sean about the Clifford quarterback position on him because Drew Alar is breathing. The pressure is on Sean more than it ever has been in his entire career. Or maybe the pressure's off because he know Penn State will succeed if he sucks. No. <laughs> Penn State just got ranked for the first time this season. Um, and Drew Alar is definitely breathing down Sean's neck. Like he's standing above him right now. He literally is standing above Sean. D- dude, there was a, there was a, I forget if it was, I think it was the first game. <laughs> there was a time when Sean Clifford came off the sideline or came off the field and uh, Drew Alar, they, 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 you know, uh, Sean had just scored a touchdown and Drew, they, 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 they met on the sideline with like one of those jumping hip check kind of our chest bump, yeah, or whatever. Chest bump. And <laughs> yeah. Alar leveled him without even trying. All right, so he he towers, uh, st- uh, physical stature wise <laughs> over amazing. Sean. He just by the does. way, it's Aller. We we've we've um, sunk back into yeah. Alar a little bit. Aller, yeah, but anyway, anyway, so so um, the pressure is absolutely on um, this team to win. And if you think the Franklin doesn't feel pressure to beat an SEC foe, you're crazy. Um, the the pressure's on Franklin. <laughs> the pressure's on Franklin all year to to prove that he's worth the money he just got. In the in the wild extension that he got, um, by the way, that extension came became public after he lost to Iowa. <laughs> um, yeah, so classic timing. So you know, it, it, it's not a, a carefree situation for Penn State. It's not like you know, I mean, I get it. It's, I get. It. You're I just, down there I just in, in SEC that... recruiting territory, and you want to you want to yeah. look good. You have to to lose to lose to Auburn, a, an Auburn team that that is not favored an Auburn team that has its several of its own problems from the head coaching staff down to the quarterback quarterback room to, to everything. 
you know, barely, barely, you know, squeaking one out in the second half against San Jose State. Not barely, barely, but, you know, they were losing at the end, at the end of the first half. There's, I just, I think the pressure, there's more pressure on Auburn than there is on Penn State right now. And I think that bodes well for us going into, uh, going into hostile territory. If we can play confident, and we can play well and we can get momentum going on our side. I think that I think that bodes well for us. Well, yeah, momentum being a, a funny word for Sean Clifford because he started the um, game against Purdue gaining no momentum. Um, he the second quarter against uh, Ohio having no momentum. Uh, the, the third quarter against Purdue having no momentum. The third quarter against uh, Ohio having no momentum. Uh you know, so I, I guess I'm less talking about the effect of momentum on Penn State, uh, more the effect on momentum on Auburn. Uh, you know, I think there's a potential for, you know, if momentum starts going in our favor. We start getting lead. We're playing well. My uh, point is, you know, Sean Clifford doesn't put together that, a complete performance ever. Like, he just, I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying the, 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 the pressure. That will when do we see in Drew game Aller? on Auburn. When do we but, see Drew Aller in this game? Do we and when? If so, <laughs> well, uh, look, I think it. I think if I'm asking you to make all, a prediction of of if Sean Clifford turns the ball over, you're going to see Drew Aller. If he takes needless sacks and if he's throwing errant passes, I think it's possible you'll see him even before a turnover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I mean, look. Again, who knows what's going on? I, I already predicted that it's not outside the realm of possibility that Drew Aller yeah. starts. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, I I think it's it'll be interesting to see how long a leash does Sean Clifford have these days against a, a team like um, Auburn. It might it might have to do with what Auburn's showing, you know, and um, whether they think Drew Aller can handle what Auburn's giving them. But um, I, you know, I, I I don't know, but I think if I think if Sean Clifford is struggling significantly in some way, there's a good chance you see Drew Aller come, go in and see if he can get something started for Penn State. Um, I, you know, we've been talking about this and dancing around it, but I think it's actually, you know, let's let's take these like theoreticals and and put some some hard predictions on them. And let's talk about our game predictions. What do you what do you expect to see on the scoreline? All things considered, pressures on Penn State, pressures on Auburn, whatever. Who cares? What does it come down to on the points at the end of the game? What do you think, bro? Well, before I say that, I'm just going to uh, kind of like talk about the whole game picture real quick. Um I, I think I, something tells me this is going to be now be Manny Diaz's third game with Penn State as the defensive coordinator, and I think he's now, uh, you know, have a, has a little bit better grip on what this defense can do. And they, I think, the defense got better from week one to week two. Um, and I think we might see a a a solid performance from, from the defense on whole. I think you might see them rise to the occasion of going on the road um, against an SEC foe. Uh, and and I, I, I see them kind of playing that, like holding them to like under 20 points kind of thing where they don't really let them get going. There, there's no um, consistency in their, in, in the opposing team's offense. Um, the quarterback stru- is going to struggle a little bit. Um, uh, I think the defensive line might, might get after him a little bit. So I, I kind of see like that, that hard nosed Penn state defense shining through um, when, when it matters uh, because of the, some of the experience they've already had now. 
and, and Manny Diaz being able to call a game better with, with, with the knowledge of how his team plays. Um, so I'm looking for the defense to have a very strong performance. Uh, personally, I, I think that, that that will happen. That's a prediction of mine of, that they, we will be very satisfied um, when it's all said and done and how the defense performs. Um, I do predict Sean to struggle at times a little bit. I, I'm unsure if, I w- if we will see Drew. I'm unsure of this because uh, it's really gonna. It's really all about when the pressure's on Franklin in in these high pressure moments. Is he capable of trusting his true freshman quarterback? And I'm just not sure yet. I'm not sure. I want to see Drew. I want. I want to see Franklin believe that his true freshman quarterback is is a difference maker, and the ceiling is so much higher than Sean's that he just has, has to play him. So so. You're, I feel like you're stalling. Uh, so, g- give me your prediction. Okay, you're working your way into it. Okay. What do you think? Um, I predict that Penn State wins the game, twenty-seven to seventeen. That's very interesting. Um, incidentally, um, you said keep Auburn under twenty. Last year we held Auburn to twenty. Yeah. So. Um, with Bo Nix at quarterback, right. who is a much better passer than TJ Finley is at this point, um, we were able to hold him to 20. Um, and we won 28 to 20. So it's a, it's an interesting score line. It sounds like uh, you're, you're expecting a somewhat similar game um, one way or another. I, I think that's a good score. I, I, I'm with you. I think our defense rises to the occasion. I think we see... Um, you know, we may not hold Bigsby to under a hundred, but I think we keep him contained enough. Um, I, I think our our passing defense is going to shut them down. And and um, to me, the big question on Penn State scoreline is: Do we get a defensive score? Um, I could see us hitting mid thirties if we can get a pick six or scoop and score or something like that. Um, I, I would be. I'd be more than pleased with uh, 27 to 17. I don't have a good sense of how this game's honestly going to go. So it's definitely a shot in the dark. I would, I would be, I'm going 34 to 13. Mm, that would be great. Penn State win. I hope you win. I do. I hope you win. <laughs> I, I'd be, I'd be fine if you win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But listen, getting out of there with a win is kind of all that matters. Uh, it's getting out of there with a win without looking like defunct, l- without looking back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, if Penn State continues to take another step forward and doesn't um, regress back to uh, last year's form, I, I, I think that that we could look good on offense. And then I think if the defense takes another step forward, I think we could really have a day where we make Auburn's offense look look bad. It's struggled, and I think we we need to continue to show, uh, you know, to show up on defense so that we don't give them confidence that they can get stuff going. Um, and so I, I think if we, if we do both of those things and I, that's a big, if um, I think it would be a good day. I think we'll, I, I think we'll, we'll really have a convincing win yep. and um, I would be, I would be so thrilled with that, but any win going down to sec territory would be a good win. Um, and I'm feeling confident. Yeah. I'm feeling confident. I hope that, hope that confidence uh, is still there, you know, halfway through the fourth quarter. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Um, all right. So, so th- there you have it. Um, as we wrap up, uh, just wanna, I just want to, I forgot to do this last week because there were some really good games last week that I wanted to just like put on everyone's radar. Didn't do that. Guess what? There's almost nothing 
interesting, at least in my perception, uh, this weekend. Only two ranked matchups for week three. Yeah. Um, BYU versus Oregon and Miami versus Texas A&M. Um, and then um, there's one other game of interest. Uh, uh, next week's opponent after Auburn, Central Michigan, plays at 1 p.m. against who, bro? I have no. I'll give you 20 bucks if you can guess. Villanova. In five seconds. Villanova. Give me your guess. Villanova. Bucknell University. I was gonna. I was gonna guess that next. <laughs> I was gonna guess them next. <laughs> that's funny. So uh, that that's on ESPN three. So if you guys want to see uh, our hometown team Bucknell uh, University play our next opponent Central Michigan, uh, you can catch. Oh, and by the way, know, Central Michigan was Andy's trap game call of the of the <clears throat> excuse me of the season, and they got uh, they did not look good. No, they they did not, and uh, I think they had what forty or fifty scored against them or something like that. I don't even remember. If it continues to be a trap game uh, for us, uh, that'll that'll be definitely a season low. Um, I'm pulling it up right now. Um, you know what their what their result was? They lost. Yeah, they lost. But what was the score against South Alabama? Yeah, what was the score? Thirty eight to twenty. Oh, Thirty eight to twenty. Okay, okay. But South Alabama, and, and that's South Alabama. So Central Michigan um, may not be the. Um, the trap game that we are all expecting. I mean, you never know, but, um, I, you know, I, I don't want to count any chickens, you know, not many of them have hatched, but if we can get through this Auburn game, things are looking we really interesting. Have a good shot. We really have a good shot of going into the buy five and oh, um, yeah, obviously. And if, and you are projecting, um, but it's really interesting to me is if is if Alar plays at all in this com- upcoming game against Auburn. Aller, Al, whatever. Um, if Aller can <laughs> can even get any action against an SEC foe, that's good. You know, um, you know how many carries does Nick Singleton get after he put that performance together is going to be something I'm looking for. Um, I also would be interested in which wide receiver, which third wide receiver gets the start. Is it Keandre Lambert? Is it Jaden D- Dotton? Or is it you know Caden Saunders? Who who's the third wide receiver who's getting the start? Um, but you know, going into that Central Mission game, if we are three and zero and Drew just got some more reps, like dude's going to get more reps against Central Michigan too. Like how yeah. many times have we had a true freshman getting significant reps in the, the opening three games of their career? That'll, I mean, it, it's exciting right now. You know, it's exciting right now. And um, the depending on how this Auburn game goes, career. will depend on how, how, you know, I went into the season very, very um, not confident. I was, I was not looking for uh uh, you know, a, a season that I was going to be feeling excited. And here we are two games down going into the you know, biggest game of our first five, I guess at this point. And um, yeah, I'm feeling confident. That's really kind of cool. Um, we'll see, man. Um, I think let's, um, let's wrap it up. Let's call it for, for the day. And, you know, I'm going to say thank you to the audience. Um, appreciate you guys uh, continuing to listen. Feel free to reach out, send us an email, blue and white brothers at gmail.com. Uh, go ahead and, uh, drop a rating or review onto your uh, podcast provider. We'd appreciate that as well. Um, Tom, I, I'm not sure where you're heading next, but uh, I guess you only got two or three weeks left on trail. Um, you know, happy pedaling, man. Yep. And, um, uh, you know, I'll look forward to, to talking with you next week, hopefully. Yeah. We'll keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. But figuratively and, uh, and literally. 
yeah, Penn State's rolling right now. Hopefully, they'll keep rolling through the weekend. Uh, hopefully, you do the same. Uh, 3.30 bro, kickoff, CBS. Start- 3.30 kickoff, CBS. Bro, it always starts with I love you. It ends you. with I love you. It always starts with I love you. And we are. Penn State. Later, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Blue and White Brothers. Join us next time for another great episode about Penn State football. Want to make sure you don't miss an episode? Be sure to hit subscribe before you go. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't hesitate to give us a five-star review with overwhelming words of adulation and praise. 